Hi, I'm Kevin Kittle, and this is The Cinema Files. Back in early 2014, I had the chance to interview a director who had just completed a horror feature film, based on a short he made 10 years prior, along with two of his producers. With the recent success of the brilliant Netflix series The Haunting of Hill House, I thought it would be a great time to revisit my conversation with Mike Flanagan, Trevor Macy, and Jason Blum. Uh, so this one's for Mike. Uh, you wrote and directed the 2006 short, mm -hmm. which his film was uh, based on. So the feature film has a, a number of cool references back to the short, including a cameo by the original actor, which actually missed somehow. Wow. Uh, well, it has been a number... It's been 10 years yeah. since so we who, shot, so it's tough to spot What was the cameo? Um, he was Warren, uh, the repair guy in the basement at the auction house when Karen goes in to oh, see the mirror. Man. And he's like, we'll wrap it up for okay, you. Yeah, and yeah. Then we do the sheet bit, and he appears like over his shoulder. Right. But yeah, that's... Kind of, now it's completely obvious. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. All right. But yeah, he looks very different, too. Like, cause yeah. He, didn't have, he had the long hair and the beard and the short, and now right. it's, you know... The hair goes the way the hair goes, and and uh, the beard was gone too. But, oh, okay. Yeah. So the the title of your short was Oculus Chapter Three: The Man with the Plan. So I was wondering, did you name it that way just to make it more interesting, or were you channeling Lucas and had multiple stories planned out? I uh, yeah, it was it was a it was actually a, an, an unfortunate attempt to channel Lucas. We we had we had multiple stories picked out, and nine of them. This was the third, and the only movie we made. So the only thing we did was, you know, kind of demonstrate that we were not George Lucas and that people wouldn't be like, what? There's a whole universe, you know, behind this? They were just like, why is it called Chapter 3? Where are the other ones? And then, yeah, so I, I wish we, we had done it another way, to be honest. But, oh, okay. But that's where that came from, um, was we were trying to be like... <laughs> Hey, there are going to be a whole bunch of these. Get all excited, and people were like, "That's a really long and nebulous title." <laughs> so, yeah. well, I'll tell you, happened to me when I first saw the short. I'm like, "Where's one and two? Yeah, I'm where's like, one and two? And we got this question a lot. Yeah. yeah, and it was like, "Oh, well, we haven't shot them. Why? <laughs> why? Why wasn't this one just number one?" And it was like, <laughs> I don't know because New Hope is cool and <laughs> yeah it's just a bad idea well I guess that's right the timing is about right when the prequels were coming out or anything. yeah and I was I was like doing the thing where you stand in line to see the prequels yeah. so it was very uh, Star Wars brand me too, me too. Yeah. well I'll tell you what it worked on me when I was looking up the short and then I saw that I'm like oh wow is there more is this funny? yeah but that's, it, it does <laughs> that it the problem is that it disappoints talking. people immediately because <laughs> they're like no there are no more it's like oh, oh. great thanks <laughs> All right, one, one of the things I enjoyed about Oculus was uh, the way it told their story of their past. Uh, it starts rather normal uh, with basic flashbacks. But the closer we get to the, the end, it begins to overlap uh, their current timeline as it very recently works their reality. So was, was the decision to tell the story this way there from the beginning, or did it develop as the script was being written? It, it was part of the very first... Uh outline that we wrote for the feature version mm -hmm. like um, one of the things that was really important was to try to do something really fun with the narrative structure and uh, I've been making my living as an editor at that point for, for a long time and it was like I, I really wanted to get in there and do something that would be like at the time I was like it'll be my Everest of editing like it would be really cool to do that so that was always that was always built into it and because those transitions are so specific we didn't have a choice but to have them very like in detail in the script you know there was no way to kind of be like oh well, we'll just shoot it and try to cut it together right. that way like it had to all be there so oh, I see yeah. I think that's one of the things that really makes that movie stand apart from a lot of the others and 
like I said, that's one of the things I really enjoyed when I got to that segment of the movie, and you know the mirror's just messing with them and overlapping reality, so I thought that worked really good. Well, and the idea was, like, if, you know, because one of the big questions going into this has always always been, how do you make a mirror scary? Yes. And the, you know, one of the early answers was, like, well, if it disorients people and makes them question reality, then um, we need to try to do everything we can to give the audience the same experience that the characters are having. And if we're saying they get disoriented and you know have to question everything, we need to do that for each of the viewers as well. So that was always the hope. Cool. All right. Um, so between the three of you, you've worked on a lot of rather dark films, uh, a number of them focusing on evil spirits. Does it have any of you ever had supernatural experiences of your own? And were there any strange occurrences on the set of Oculus? I'll let you guys go first on that one. Uh, My answer's so boring. <laughs> my, well, mine is too. Uh, I had a really hard. We would do. We just took the film to the Stanley Hotel, and I couldn't sleep all night, which is the closest thing to a recent supernatural experience that I've had. Because, you know, I don't know. I was convinced there was going to be something in my room. You know, how you, your head spins up a little bit when yeah. it's. You know, that was the only uh, supernatural experience I can think of that I had. I had one. Really, I lived in the on Crosby Street in New York City right after I graduated, when it was not fancy, and we lived in a storefront. So there were three of us. There were two of us in where the... One of us was in the, where like the shoe shop would be. One of us is in where the back office of the shoe shop would be. And then there was a trap door where the storage was. And it was about six feet. So you had to duck down. And that my bed was actually in that... I lived in the trap door cellar space. Wow. And um, <laughs> I... Wow. I'm I yeah. 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 It was $1,100 a month between three of us. So it was three fifty each, which is amazing. And, um, and uh, I was asleep... In the bed, downstairs, and everyone, you know, obviously I realize that you think it's a dream, but it definitely was, like, I definitely, there was a figure standing at the end of my bed holding somebody else, and it wasn't threatening, but it was not real. And I am, I don't, I'm, I don't, I believe that there's something else out there that we don't really understand. I don't really specifically know what it is and don't really believe much more than that, but I definitely, one time in my 45 years, saw a ghost at the foot of my bed in Crosby Street. Wow. That explains so much. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so you guys are making a, a screenplay after that experience? <laughs> are we going to do it? I mean, there's not much of a story there, but, uh, <laughs> but it was friggin' scary. I don't know. Who's the person that Who's, who was home? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Good. A lot of these films you guys are, are doing are, are really low budget, but they come out looking really nice. Uh, was there any CGI much in this movie, or was it entirely practical effects? Like, for example, the the creepy reflective eyes were those contacts or CGI? Uh, that was CG. Um, we we had a very minimal amount. Uh, like we, I, you know, we really believe not only because of budget limitations, but just because of movies like The Thing and things like that. That like practical effects land with audiences. I think yeah. more. Um, there's something more tangible that you can kind of grab onto it a lot easier than a digital effect. We had mostly very small augmentations that were done, like the like the eyes, because you can't a contact to accomplish that is actually really dangerous to put in your eye. Right. Anything that would have that chrome kind of thing, like we looked for them, because that was the first. No, they exist, cast, but, but they're then, awful on the actors. Yeah, brutal really? to the poor actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeez. the ones that cover the full thing, and we had a little bit of blood enhancement, uh, but just a little, and really, I mean, the more grounded the. And this is not a budget distinction, actually. This was a creative one. Yeah, the, the more, more grounded, grounded we can be, the better. Right. And kind of the bigger, you know... Not that we had the money to do it the other way. Yeah. I'm not saying <laughs> that, but... Like, 
But the biggest stuff, like the you know the one everybody points to, is the uh, you know the scene with Rory and the Band Aid. Oh, yeah. and uh, I mean that was not only fully practical, but when they sent us a video, of, I have a fingernail injury phobia. I, I can't deal with it. Uh, they sent us a video of a test run of somebody doing that, and we saw it on the airplane. You know, flying to yeah. And I just was like, I mean, people on the plane were freaked out because I kept just going like, oh, no! and like just <laughs> totally losing it. But that that practical thing had had me like dry heaving. And, uh, he couldn't stay at the monitor, actually. It was really fun. Yeah. He'd, he'd be looking over there, and I'm like, who's going to Tell me if it's good, because I can't watch. Yeah, no, that was a good one. That played real well with the, uh, the audience I was in, it, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, you, you see a lot of people clench up at that. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. 